Hi, I'm Dave Scott. I'm pastor of Crossway Community Church, and I want to welcome you. Crossway is a church simply committed to making disciples. We meet at 1501 Woodbury Road. It's off of Colonial and Fort Wayne in East Orlando. Come check us out. I look forward to meeting you. Christ makes all the difference. He makes all the difference. I want to talk about your vision for 2024. How do you look to the year ahead? What the lenses you use, as Mike talked about, the filters, to get an accurate view of the way to approach this year. Open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. We're actually going to start in verse 1, Colossians chapter 1. I want to give you, I challenge you with a thought. Uh, Mike joked that, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions are your to-do list for the first uh, week of the year, right? And a lot of times we approach a new year thinking about the different ways we, we need to try harder what we need to improve. I uh, came across uh, an author in a, in a title, in a book title this week. I heard her on a podcast. Her name is Andy Kolber, and she wrote a book called Try Softer. Try Softer. Don't try harder. Try softer. It doesn't mean you don't try, but it means you need to approach with a whole different perspective from a different direction. And I think the way for us to try softer is to look at our life in the year ahead through the lens of Christ. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 1. He says, I, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. How did Paul define himself? As an apostle, as a sent one, right? He made Christ his vision. Make Christ your vision for the year ahead. Wasn't Christ the originating vision he had of his apostleship on the road to Damascus, literally? Christ has to be our vision as well, and Christ has to be what we see when we look to a new year. Make Christ your vision. He says, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God... And Timothy, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. How do the Colossians define themselves? Right, Faithful in whom? Faithful in Christ. They had made Christ their vision. He says, grace and peace to you from God our Father. How did grace and peace come to us through God the Father? Through Christ. Right? Christ. He goes on in verse 3. It says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even God the Father defines himself by the Son, by Christ. He says, when we pray for you, verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. What are we trusting in? What we're trusting in is who Christ is, right? We need to see him accurately. He says, And the love that you have for all the saints. What is a saint? Well, a saint is someone who's been made righteous by the blood of Christ. They've seen their life. They've envisioned their life differently through Christ's eyes, through the eyes of 
his life, death, and resurrection. He says, verse 5, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. What's the hope that we have laid up for us in heaven? What's the hope of us laid up in 2024? Isn't it Christ? Christ? We need to make him our vision in order to have hope for the year ahead. You know, the year, new year brings anxiety, uh, you know, uh, because society tells us through commercials that we're not enough, right? All the, all the exercise commercials, Peloton, uh, dieting commercials, we're not enough. We don't measure up. Uh, some of us are, 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 are over enough. <laughs> you got to slow down. You got to shrink. Um, but they don't tell us how to start and per- look at our life through a grounded perspective, through God's eyes. He says, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. What's the gospel? It's the good news of Christ, right? Gospel means literally to look at the vision of who Christ is to unpack him in our lives. Verse 6, which has come to you, which has come to you, and indeed in this world it, what is it? The vision of Christ. Christ is bearing fruit and increasing as it, the vision of Christ, also does among you since the day you heard of it. Heard of what? You heard of this person of Christ and all of who he is and understood the grace of God in truth. What's the grace of God in truth? Once again, it's Christ. From Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ. Even Epaphras defines himself as ministering out of the overflow of his relationship with Christ. And has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Who is the Spirit? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ that he sent to us. The Spirit who makes us, makes the vision of Christ clear to us. Who speaks to our hearts. And that's my prayer this morning, that, the, that that's what God would do. The best way to begin 2024 is to take some time. I don't know how, what time you have in your schedule. If you carve out an hour or two, an extended quiet time, maybe take a Saturday morning or if you can't afford it, a whole day to spend with God. Start 2024 in God's presence, in Christ's presence. The first thing we need to do is to stop. The first thing you need to do in 2024 is to stop. To bring yourself consciously into the presence of Christ. You know, the way to start 2024 is not with mental activism, right? <laughs> Writing all the things that you need to be different about. You know, as Corey Ten Boone has a saying, she says, don't, don't should on yourself. She said, that's what we do. We give ourselves lots of shoulds. I should do this. I should do that. The key word for 2024 is not should. You need to, you know, society tells us you need to exercise more. You need to set more goals, Right? <laughs> All these different things that we should be doing. Don't start your year doing that. Instead, in 2024, focus on who Christ is. Make him your vision, what he's already done, and how that's a foundation for you. Because you need to think about all that you already are in him. He In him, you already have all you need for 2024. So stop and sit with that. Still your beating heart in the shadow of his presence. Consciously rest in him. 
How do you do that? Four-letter word, T-I-M-E. To stop and be with him, spend time with him. Perhaps reread Colossians 1 here. Get out a journal. Journal about who he is to you. And I want you to ask Christ a question. Christ, what do I need to hear from you in 2024? And then sit in a receiving posture. Sit in a receiving posture. And spend time quietly listening. Practice listening prayer in God's presence after you've asked him that question. Uh, You know, I didn't grow up hunting uh, but my best friend was a lifetime hunter, and he's the one who introduced me to deer hunting. And, uh, you know, he says, my wife, he says his wife would never deer hunt. I don't think Don ever would, because it's sitting quietly without moving, without making a sound in one place for four hours. We don't like to do that in our culture. But we need to do the same thing spiritually. Hunting, you go in before dawn, you walk in to the stand where you're going to sit down, And then you sit quietly, without moving, without making noise, for about 30 minutes, which you can't see or hear anything. You just feel the deadness of the night. And your senses begin to reattune. At first, all you can see is the blackness. But the black makes one thing stand out. Mike talked about it's the stars above, the Milky Way galaxy. And the brightest star is the North Star. We need to reset our North Star going into 2024. To enter the dark, to turn everything else off, to step away from everything, to create space. Give yourself the gift of space. Give yourself the gift of your time with Christ and recalibrate to the star, to his star for us. So you're sitting there in the dark, hunting, and you're you're waiting. Honey, it's about waiting. And when I hunt, you just, you just sit there without moving. You can't, you try not to make any noise or anything that's, that something would see. And as you sit, your ears begin to adjust to the silence. And then you begin to hear. At first, it's just the drop of water from the dew dripping off the trees. That's all you hear. Then you might hear the rustling of some leaves. Maybe it's a possum in the dark going around at night. Then you hear the sky, the sky. There's a slight grow, just a tinge begins on the horizon. And you hear a bird sing quietly. And then it's a second bird. And then there's a conversation of birds singing, right? And the darkness begins to ebb, and it slowly begins to drain away. And at first, the faintest outlines in gray you see of some lines barely through it, of some tree trunks. And then as more light leaks in, the color begins to come into focus, and the light dawns. And for the first time, you have depth perception as you look ahead. And a vision comes into focus in front of you. It's a little startling when your eyes first recognize it. It's been there all along, and you didn't hear it, and you didn't see it until now. There's a deer standing ahead of you, about 80 yards away. And what we need to do, 
is to set our scope on that dear who has been in our life all along, which is Christ. We need to make him our aim because he has been there and we haven't even recognized it. We've been moving too much. That's why we have to stop. That's why we have to reattune our senses to him. Make Christ your vision. And after you have made Christ your vision, then in 2024, you're in a position to make Christ your wisdom, to make Christ your wisdom, just making the center of all wisdom. Colossians 1.9 says, And so from the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, spiritual wisdom and understanding. In Luke chapter 11, Christ calls himself the wisdom of God. Later on, the next chapter here in Colossians, Paul says, In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In 1 Corinthians, he says, You are in Christ, who became to us the wisdom of God. Christ is our wisdom. What wisdom do you need to 2024? It comes through Christ. Y'all know I studied Jonathan Edwards, and Jonathan Edwards has a famous sermon where he talks about why Christ is so unique. What is it about his wisdom more than any other. And he said that in Christ we see opposite vir- virtues that in him are made harmonious. For example, in him is both justice and mercy, right? And he, in him they come together. In Christ Jesus there's infinite highness and yet infinite humility. There's infinite goodness and yet infinite patience, suffering evil. There's supreme dominion over heaven and earth, right? And yet there's a spirit of obedience and submission to his Father. Absolute sovereignty, and yet perfect resignation. Total self-sufficiency, and yet an entire trust and reliance on God. This is the Christ that we need to make our vision. And then... Colossians verse 10 goes on to say, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. To walk in a manner worthy of this Christ whose vision we have, right? All of us have a past where we haven't walked worthy of Christ. Our old man, right? Don't walk into 2024 in your old wisdom. Walk in Christ wisdom. You know, we all have uh, an old program that likes to boot up when we get in the morning. Paul called it our old man or our flesh. Hebrews 12.1 says that we need to lay aside every encumbrance or weight. And the sin that says so easily entangles us. And that King James says that besets us. Besetting sin. And that's a, an old phrase. Uh, but it, it means, you know... Uh, Sin that keeps following us. And and besetting sin uh, is really talking about the sin that comes out of our personality and out of our temperament because every strength has a weakness. And, and, uh, you know, and all of us have some, some, we all have cracks, right? Uh, And so that's our besetting sin. For me, it's people pleasing. 
That's one of my besetting sins. So I'm in a conversation and, you know, immediately I, I say something in my, and then my mind thinks, oh, you know, how did that come across? What did they think about that? Or I finish this sermon. And it's probably after, that, after I finish here is when I feel the most vulnerable and Satan likes to attack. It's like, oh, did I do that right? How was that good? Did the people, were they really impressed? Well, why would I want to be impressed? Right? That's an inverted pride. That's a besetting sin of worrying about pe- pleasing people. Um, and so we need to identify this and take this brokenness that we have to the cross and to allow the identity of who Christ is and who he says that we are to redefine us. Well, how are we going to do that? How would we ever live that out consistently? Well, verse 11, we need to make Christ our power. He says that, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. He's the one who has glorious might, Right? It's his power flowing through the Holy Spirit through us that can change us, not our own power. We can't do it in our own power. But if we do that, we'll experience, uh, we'll experience patience and joy. We have to make Christ our patience and joy. Anybody want patience and joy in 2024? He says, for all endurance and patience with joy. His might comes with power for endurance, power for perseverance, persistence, and patience. You know, even as Christ was patient with the brokenness around him when he came into this world, he gives us the power to be broken as well, to be patient as well. Then, verse 12, we also need to make Christ our king. Making him his vision, our, our vision means to make him our king. He says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you, you know, our world keeps telling us that we're disqualified. Satan tells us the, 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 apost- the lie of the imposter syndrome, that you're an imposter, you're not the real thing, you know, yeah, and, and that we're not enough. But Christ says, and God says that we are requalified in Christ. And he share in the inheritance of the saints and light. He delivered you from the domain, that means kingdom, of darkness, and transferred you to the kingdom. Whose kingdom? Of his beloved son. Christ is the king of all. That's the message here in Colossians chapter 1. It's not me or you who make him king. He is the king, right? And so making Christ my vision means making Christ my king again. Refocusing on him as my king. That's why Paul here in Colossians chapter 1, he is waving, he's the big banner of Christ in front of us again and again and again through this passage because Christ was all in all to him. But if we make Christ our king, we all know that we fall short and we're not worthy of the king. But we also need to make Christ our grace. Verse 11 says, In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You go into 2024 with grace, with unconditional grace. Christ wants to redeem your life, to grow it, to make it. It's like, thank goodness I'm not what I was. But thank goodness I'm not what I will be. And I will be something different at the end of this year because the Holy Spirit, according to Philippians 1, is continuing to work and complete his process in us until the day of Christ Jesus. He make him our grace. And when we do that, something amazing happens. Christ becomes our center. He becomes our center. And this is where Paul really unloads. 
Why Christ? Why him? What is it about Christ that I, should, that I can center my life on? He says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Once again, this is the language of new creation here. This is the resurrected Christ. And 1 Corinthians 15 talks about this, right? Christ is the fruit of the new creation. But if Christ is the firstborn, it means that we are the secondborn, the reborn ones, right? He has brought us into new creation as well. Um, he says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, if you're in the one who is new creation, the first fruits, the firstborn, he is a new creation. The oldest pass away. 2023 is behind us. The past is behind us. Look to the future. Behold, the new has come. And Jesus in John 14, 6 says, I am the life. Christ is our life. Where is life going to be for you in 2024? There's only one place, and that is from Christ. And then in verse 16, he says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Underline that, through him and for him. This year, in the new year, live for Christ. There's only one way to do that, to live through Christ. To make him your passion and your purpose. To repurpose yourself in him. His plan for 2024 was created for you before the, the beginning of time. Psalm 123 says that all of our days were written in his book before as yet there was one of them. That means all of 2023 has already been written. You don't have to worry about, about the unexpected. God's already got it. He holds 2024 for you. But that leads to centering our life on Christ. And how do we do that? Are you keeping your thoughts completely under Christ? Are you casting your worries under Christ? Are you placing your problems under Christ? Are you releasing your stress under Christ? Are you coming to Christ with your anxiety? So many of us struggle with anxiety. There are times where I struggle with anxiety. And what I can do, I can't always necessarily turn my body off as it becomes activated by anxiety, but I can consciously go into Christ's presence and I can sit there with it and bring him and bring it to him. Paul says that heaven and on earth were made for Christ. Why is it that we live on our own and we live as if it was made for us? You know, have you put your family under Christ? Have you put your future under Christ? Have you put your schooling under Christ? Your career, your work life, your retirement. You know, the world says, you know, after a certain age, you get put on the shelf. God has not retired you. God has a purpose for you. There's, if you're here, there's a reason why. Have you put your health under Christ? Have you put uh, your, your finances under Christ? Your boyfriend, your girlfriend, the possibility of having a mate in the future. Have you real, are you trusting God with that? That he's the one who's working that out and you don't have to stress about that. You don't have to make it happen. Or are all of these just different separate parts of your life? You see, Christ wants to recenter your life where all of it is uh, like 
a bicycle wheel that spins around the hub, right? If the spokes are aligned, then the wheel will spin in balance. If we make Christ our center, he says that he will hold all things together. What's gonna, what does 2024 hold for you? I don't know. I don't know what it holds for me. But I know the one who holds 2024. We need to make Christ our vision and allow him to remake ourselves, to, for him to remake us in the process and for him to get all the honor and the glory and the praise as we make him famous. Lord, we just praise you and we pray, God, that, Lord, um, you would uh, go with us this year as we stop. Lord, will you meet us? Lord, will you make yourselves uh, clear to us, dear God? Lord, will you um, come to us? Lord, will you grow us and change us? Will you give us your power? Give us your joy, Lord. Give us your patience, Lord. Give us your wisdom. Give us your truth. Give us your mercy, Lord, this year. Give us your grace, Lord. And let those things saturate through us and marinate our lives, Lord, so that when people see us, they say, you, you, you taste differently. Your life, there's, there's, there's something, this ingredient here. And of course, Lord, that that would be you. That they would smell the aroma of your gospel, Lord, as it overflows out of our life. That's our prayer. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today and listening to this message from Crossway Community Church. Once again, we meet at 1045 on Sunday mornings at 1501 Woodbury Road, which is just off Colonial and 408 in East Orlando. Come check us out. I'll see you then.